They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Not crazy. This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that wonders if someone's an alien human hybrid, are they technically a GMO? They got to label them. They do. You got to have that on there, just so you know. This. Is Hysteria 51. I only buy organic. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago. I'm actually pulling host duties this week. It's Brent Hand. John is on assignment in Delaware. <laughs> Hi, I'm in <laughs> Delaware. You do the best, John, of anyone I know. You sound just like, ooh, John. <laughs> I like butts. <laughs> Especially Delawarean bunks. <laughs> Sitting across from me, I know it sounds just like John Goforth. This is going to blow your minds. This is the blurry man himself, David Flora. Matt. <laughs> Ignore him, sir. Thanks. I usually do. <laughs> I, I can't do anything uh, you, so, without like tipping my so cap. So he has... He ha- now, what, what are those called? Is that a uh, driver's cap? Or I, what guess, is- I guess so, yeah. I just I always... John will make fun of me because he's like, no one can see what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, but I can see. I can, I can see feel it. it. I, like, every time I've... I've answered you. I've tipped my yeah. cap. I've well, my I think head. that everyone should put a tip of the cap to me for no matter what. It, <laughs> tip, of the, tip of the cap well, to you. Apparently, sir. apparently, it's what John does all the time too. Because when yeah. I like bye, like a bye. I'm a lady. <laughs> Lady. That's all he does, milady. <laughs> I could and should have just hosted this myself. <laughs> that might be true, but that other voice you're hearing is the robot co-host conspiracy bot. Seabot's a drunk, an angry robot. He's built on world domination, but like I said, he's a drunk, so that's mostly what he does. Well, he certainly doesn't do what you built him for, which is to help produce the show. Can't have my name associated with this dumpster fire. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> That's uh, right, Flavidora. Yeah, that's what we're calling him this week, right? It's in his writer. That, that's right. Good one. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to actually get back to something you said in the intro. So you asked if alien and human hybrids would be GMOs. Mm-hmm. I say 100%. GMOs are such a hot button. I don't think we should call them that then because people just be like, well, I don't want them. I don't want. But They're you, too expensive. <laughs> GMO. Actually, actually is, no. Isn't the GMO supposed to be less expensive? Well, isn't because that one of the selling points. Uh, you don't. Eventually, they say won't need pesticides and things like that because they grow their own pesticides inside. I guess Terminator so, seeds and genetically modified organisms or GMO. I looked this up. Thank you, Google. Is an organism that has had its DNA altered or modified in some way through genetic engineering. Now that's an interesting thing because. When we make corn, when we grow corn, they'll plant two, like two rows of one, two rows of another. You pull the tassel off one, it is now the female plant, and the seeds from the other pollinate it. Boom, you've genetically modified that corn. And I watched an interesting show recently. And by that, I mean not at all, but I saw an article. I don't know where I went with that. I saw a headline. But like what our food, but (laughs) what our food should look like. And it was crazy. It's like what a watermelon used to look like, which was like, you know, there's like four bites of watermelon in it. It's all like the rind. Corn had like maybe 10 kernels on it. Just Mm -hmm. the, the food has been modified by us over the years to be 
part of our diets to where we would make the most out of it. GMO is a scary thing, but it also is a good thing. But when you get into genetically modifying with pesticides and chemicals and things like that is when it's scary. But we're genetically modifying things all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's getting into semantics, I guess, obviously, right? Like there's natural GMO and then Mm -hmm. there's the the unnatural or the where you actually manipulate. You go inside, you make the crisper baby and then they're GMOs. Now, I like my babies. Extra tasty crispy. Yeah, extra yeah. yeah extra I like crisper. I baby. like Colonel's the Colonel's recipe, baby. <laughs> I like I like my uh Colonel's bowl babies, you know, where they've got some potatoes and some, I some like corn a, gravy. I like a baby double stack. I like two <laughs> two, two babies, babies with like with like an unmodified baby in the middle. <laughs> Man, so speaking of babies, I like butt babies. <laughs> that's smooth as a baby's that's coming on butt. from our, our satellite link up in Delaware. <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> babies though that's an important thing that we're talking about this week we are talking about a new documentary extraordinary the seating it's a j3 film uh they were formed in 2011 and they have an extensive ties to ufology and the paranormal fields that's that's their bread and butter and they've developed a long-standing relationship with the global thought leaders for more than 25 years so j3 films partners are john Sumple and jack roth and they're both going to be on after the break with us talking about this new documentary they have extraordinary the seating but their first documentary film was something it, it was a little uh um controversial I would say because of the person there, they're extraordinary. The Stan Romanek story, uh, and it actually was at the Fort Lauderdale International Film Festival, and it earned a special jury prize. Romanek is one of those people that is polarizing. You know, he's had so many things. And now he's in jail, and and his his attractors and detractors and whatever you want to call it, both cite everything he's done as fact or fiction, and um, it's a fascinating tale. Mm-hmm. And you can go into this no matter what way you look at it. Their first film, you're going to enjoy it if you hate him and don't believe him, or if you believe him. You know, it's kind of like people that loved Howard Stern listened for like three hours a day. People that mm-hmm. hated him listened for six. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> one of those things. Extraordinary the Seating is a second in a trilogy of films that J3 is, it has plans. They intend to take views, viewers deeper into the abduction and hybridization phenomenon in the new show. And the film has been an official selection in 15 film festivals, earning Best Documentary Awards at the 2019 Pasadena International Film Festival and the 2019 Los Angeles Television Script and Film Festival. Those are actually big, big things to be part of. For sure. And it's hard just to get a show into a film festival, especially oh, yeah. a bigger one. So that's that's impressive. The film also earned a Best Feature Documentary in April 2019 in the Los Angeles Independent Film Festival and a Best Documentary Silver Award in the 2019 Queen Palm International Film Festival, which you're on the, the jury for, correct? Oh, yeah, but I thought we were going to not bring that. Oh, no, wait, you're on, you're on the Queen's backhand. Ooh. <laughs> I'm in the Queen butt I just I, I just want you to do that voice from now <laughs> the on. The whole time. That's, that's just please, please just uh, do uh, John. Now, what's great is it's out. It, it came out on digital format September 3rd, mm-hmm. and you can watch it now on digital formats. They actually screened it at the International UFO Congress when it first came out, and they won. It was picked as best documentary. For, throw a little shade here. Picked over Jeremy Corbell's Uh-oh. documentary on on Mister Lazar, the, la- the Laser Man himself, Bob Man. Lazar, Bob R- Lazar, Robert Lazar. I'm going to have uh, John and Jack just fight to the death with Jeremy, and we're going to see what happens. All Best right. documentary wins. Well, I'll go mop the arena. Two docs enter. 
One doc leaves. <laughs> no, but importantly, though, this doc, it looks into experiencers who claim they have been part of abductions, and not only abductions, but also reproductive experiments, and they have memories of seeing their children or being used to hybridize alien-human hybridization and even seeing the children off-world. Some of the these stories fall down the rabbit hole of consent. Some go into the stories of rape. And these are firsthand tellings. It's it, it's interesting to say the least. Oh yeah, I mean abduction is is pretty scary uh, on its own. But right. then when and you go to this, you're pregnant. Yeah, or we're taking your sperm to make something else pregnant. I say something else because we don't know what that something else is all the time. There you go. Let's suspend all disbelief for a moment, though. I know because I know that's a a hefty pill to swallow for a lot of people. Let's just say it's real because the ideas of humans participating in an alien chirization. It sounds absurd until you talk to the people who've experienced it and you look at them and you hear from them and then you go, wow, these people have interesting tales. Thousands, if not more, around the world claim they have had reproductive experiments carried out. And here's the important part, against their will. Yeah, yeah. This isn't someone going, here, you can do it. No, these are people that are having abductions. They're, and that's an important part. Yeah. Why are they doing it? This is just in your head. Why the they, you know, whoever is, why are they doing it? And what is their end goal, do you think? Since it's against people's will or seems to be so, you know, so they say it's got to be nefarious ends, right? You would like, think so. The only way that it wouldn't be is if they're dying or they're trying to cure something of themselves. Still nefarious. Like <laughs> – that, then that's them being then selfish. Then why not come to and, us and say, I need your help? Yeah, yeah. Volunteer for this or, you know, if you're if you're forcing them to do uh, – if you're forcing us, I guess I should say, to do something that you want, it's not – it's still not good. Even Hear though, that, IRS? <laughs> sovereign citizens? <laughs> good night! Uh, <laughs> I mean – it's it's ultimately uh, selfish and unethical. If that's right, you know, what does that even mean anything to us anymore? Well, you know? true, and maybe they're beyond ethics. Maybe it's just that. <laughs> I like that. I like that ethics is like <laughs> the the paramount goal, yeah. and then if you go beyond, yeah, it, it's then like it's that. just whatever right. you want. Yeah. yeah, because I'm a being of light, so I can. Um, Giving him titties, you know, like whatever. <laughs> well, you don't. You would. You just don't understand. You're not enlightened enough. Sure. What People, about you? What? I, you know, I. You kind of switched it on me there a little bit because <laughs> I, I, I thought to myself, of course, there's either the nefarious or if it's a thing where they need it. And we're going to find out as we talk to them about you and I, we've watched this documentary. Some of the people said that military personnel or humans were there. That that makes you wonder if we're they're the ones picking or mm. what role do we play in this entire thing you know that brings up such a great question that i don't know if we'll ever be able to answer uh but we also didn't really talk about it in the interview is how were these people selected why them too yeah what is the vetting price so the people yeah. that were picked for this movie were vetted by the people what if the aliens what what did they have yeah, what is what was the aliens process i wonder if there is a blood type or a something yeah, that's something i was wondering as i watched it as well is there a common denominator between all these people or are they experiencing disparate things yeah because you you know you would think if if i was an alien race that needed 10,000 people to save myself i would fly here and take a city 
You know what I mean? And do it in one night. What happened to Scottsdale, Ohio? Well, it's gone. Well, it's there. Yeah, why do all the people of Innsmouth look like fish? Yeah, it's the <laughs> damnedest thing. You know, why is it strung out over years and years? See, and- I wouldn't. Really? No. No. <laughs> Why would I just go and get any bumfuck from a, a town or city? Or Well, that's what I'm saying. If that's all they needed, if there was no vetting process, then they could just do it like that. So there has to be a reason. So, yeah. So you're saying they are selecting because... A non-bumfucked. They, yeah. Non, uh, yeah. Is, an, an NBF. Good Lord. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that's, right. It's their lingo. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so, because you're right. Like, otherwise, if it didn't matter, why wouldn't you just be done with it? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just an interesting thing. And I'll, we'll talk about this after the conversation. I have been to talks through MUFON and other organizations dealing with this with some of the people that were in this documentary. And it delves into things like hypnotic regression mm-hmm. and things like that. And it brings up a lot of questions. Getting back to the documentary itself, people who are being abducted say there is a lot of factors that happen that that are bringing them to this this conclusion and bringing them there. Uh, termination of unexplained pregnancies and unexplained pregnancies, meaning I'm not even dating anyone and now I'm pregnant. Yeah, or... or- the one of them uh, was a, a lesbian and in a relationship. Right. Um, and she said that her 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 partner was just like, well, obviously you're cheating on me. And right. she's like, no, I'm not. I'm a lesbian. Yeah, right. Uh, so that's an issue. Memories remain suppressed and fragmented. That's another thing. Leaving experiencers confused, depressed, and with a profound sense of loss. Now, that loss is a lot of times the loss of a child. Like you feel, sure. you know, in that. Uh, you know, a mother has a different definite connection to that than a father would, you know, as far as if you're just getting milked, so to say, yeah. versus, um, you know, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> versus, you know, you've had this baby and you, you know, for some of these were to where they've went to the doctor. Yeah, you're pregnant. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And others, yeah. the memories are visceral and emotionally disturbing. It's scary. It's people yeah. that are just remembering being taken. They're remembering seeing things that don't make any sense. Thanks, though, to increased acceptance and more people are coming forward with this, talking about it, experiencers are able to talk out, whether it's to documentaries like this, to move on to people that aren't going to go, well, obviously, you're making it up, you are lying, you are mentally ill yeah yeah you know we're jumping into there's those something there's some uh, something going on beneath the, the sheets there right the sheets of your brain yeah. um but to to that point like if we said like at the beginning if we said take this as real let's say it's really happening let's go down that path then it's good to have people be able to come forward and at least um express uh, mm-hmm. you know what might be pent up inside them or get their story out and it's a, a very therapeutic thing for them, I'm sure. Right. I think so. And Provided it's real, of course. Right. And even if it's not, is it real to them? Now, th- that's a, looking at it in a different way. Yeah. Then, I mean, th- the thing about this subject it's matter. It's still real to me, damn, damn it. it. Well, that's wrestling, but you know. <laughs> hey, Fabe. Uh, if, if, fuck, I lost my channel. Sorry. Oh, this, this, uh, this subject matter. Um, is it gets very philosoph uh philosophical. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it gets into ethics and it gets into morals and it gets into what people need and and how therapy works on different levels and stuff. It it it's very tied into uh, some other uh, fields of of study especially 
especially of uh, um, the medical and scientific fields. Right. And we'll talk about that more after after the interview, I think. And it's important that um, those fields are addressed and not always uh, open to these kind of things or the scientific things that they're doing aren't always um, supported, such as hypnotic regression by people in today's standards. Yeah. So what what does ultimately this documentary ask? Brent? Well, the questions are aliens involved in what would have to be this complex hybridization project where humans are used to cultivate a hybrid population, like, and why? What's the end goal in that? Mm -hmm. What is its impact on humanity? And the big one, what if this is all true? I think those are the things that they're trying to answer. And hopefully you guys not only will listen to this, but go watch this because it is interesting. And you see some people that whether you believe them or not are telling some some harrowing stories. And it's an interesting thing yeah. to see. It's it very emotional. It does. It does. So let's head to break real quick, fake John. And uh, when we come back, we're well, you being fake. <laughs> <laughs> we come back, we're going to sit down with John and Jack, the producer and, and, and director of this extraordinary, the seating, this documentary. That's next coming up on Hysteria 51. <laughs> Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone. We actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm -hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now. Right now, get now. started for very limited time. Hysteria Fifty One listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. How much? Fifty percent. Visit Rosetta Stone dot com slash today that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life wow. redeem 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 how do they do it 
Rachete, your oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rachete. <laughs> Redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right. Well, David, we are back from break. I hope you you got everything worked out. Everything got out okay. Okay. All right. Well, we are, (laughs) as we told you before break, we are joined by John and Jack, and they have something special they brought with us for this week. They're here talking about their documentary that we've been talking about. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. Slumming it (laughs) here in the the lower fourth. Thanks for having us. Chicago, Illinois. Thank you. So tell us, tell us about this, this it's it's heavy it's it's a lot and it was a really fun watch tell us about extraordinary this the seating oh gosh it's a long story where do you where do you want us to start well what where'd you get the idea for this like i i love the quote at the beginning we'll start there the more you know the more you realize you don't know that's <laughs> that's something that rings pretty, true in life. Pretty Socratic. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. what what did you you know, you talk to these people that have had these extraordinary things in their life. How did you go down that road to decide you wanted to make this? Well, we you know, we had made our first documentary, uh, which was the Stan Romanick story, very controversial. Um and but Hot what we learned for sure. <laughs> yeah. Very much oh, so. absolutely. But what we learned in doing that was, you know, we had, had uh we had had some experiences and we learned a lot, uh, obviously doing the research and what we realized after we filmed that and after it was done was that there was more story to tell. And we kind of left people with the idea that, okay, here's this guy who had these experiences. He saw lights in the sky. He, uh, had, had started having these abduction type experiences. Um, and you know, the, the end result of that seemed to be these children. So uh, these hybrid children that were a result of 
the of the abductions. So you know, we talked about it. And we're like, you know what? There's. I told John, I'm like, you know, John, we, there's. It's about the kids, man. We really need to, you know, delve more into this. There's more to the story. So that's how we started because, and also too, while we were making the first one, we had started to talk to some women who had spoken to us about having unexplained pregnancies uh, and that they couldn't explain. And they were, they had abductions scenarios, they had the abduction experience, and then they had these unexplained pregnancies. So that's how, you know, we knew that we needed to continue to tell the story and dive deeper into, well, what, what is happening when people are being abducted? Because it seemed like there were these experiments, these hybridization programs or experiments going on. Now you said you, you, your first one was on on Stan, and then this one is on the the hybridization, the reproduction. You're, you've planned this as a three three documentary series, correct? Yes. And do you know what's your topic, or can you share what your next one is, or is that uh, sure? Is that all? No, no, it's not under wraps. It's in development. We're we've already uh, finished with production. We're in post production right now. The goal is to have it out uh, towards the end of next year. Um, the, the focus on the third one is, so the first one was about, you know, introducing, we really wanted to take audiences on a journey. So when we made the first one, we weren't aware that we were going to be making a second and a third one. But when, uh, the, uh, the first film did as well as it did, uh, our distributor came back to us and said, well, we'll, we'll give you an advance on royalties if you will make another film. So they said it's up to you to determine oh, what I that next film I don't know. I don't like money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it was just an advance on royalties. Was, oh, okay. we got to pay gotcha, that gotcha, back. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it wasn't a matter of like, here's a chunk of change. It's like here's Crap, here's you your money that your, your yeah. future money that you're spending now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <type laughs> so it it was a reason for us to think about uh, what that next story mm. would be. So we kind of huddled, sat down, and and Jack and I spent some time talking about well, and like he said, it's you know about the children. So how do we take it to the next story? So it it made sense for us to kind of delve into you know a little bit more into the hybridization side of it. So we came up with the idea and we pitched it in uh, it was two years ago. Uh, Next month, uh, we went to L.A. and met with the, the folks at the Orchard and pitched the idea of doing a series that took people from the idea of, you know, where the Romanex story started with lights in the sky and then kind of takes you on a journey all the way through to, you know, the hybrid children. And it was one person's journey. So one of the issues with telling one person's story is people whether or not they believe that person right and stan has tons of detractors both before and after his legal issues um so you know it's controversial and we knew it was our whole intent was that was we're telling a story it's up to you to do with it what you will it's not we're not trying to convince you of anything we're trying to tell a story that that hopefully we'll get people to start talking about a subject that has been relegated to the fringes that's really what our intent was so uh, we went to into the next film with the idea of let's take the emotional story a little bit deeper. And one of the big drivers of that was after the Romanek film went out into the public domain when we 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 first launched it in 2014 in May of 2014 we self distributed it. We started getting feedback. From people who were sharing their personal stories after they had seen it, saying, I feel like I'm not alone. I feel like I'm not crazy. Thank you so much for making this film. I feel like there's other people out there just like me. We got, and then when it launched eventually through redistributed by the Orchard in 20, uh, 2017, 
the outpouring was even more. We had over 700 emails and uh, direct messages to us with people sharing, this has happened to me. So we knew that there was a audience out there of people who were not sharing their story, who felt isolated, who felt alone, who felt like there was um, uh, the world was against them or they couldn't share their story. They felt like they were going to be you know, ridiculed if they did. But then we realized, well, we needed to focus more on, on the human element of this, what is happening to the individuals. That's, that's, so we that's, went into this. That's something that we've we've touched a lot on in here, and we've we've talked with people from MUFON, people like NK Cranda, who are who are they take in stories from experiencers and let them have somewhere to give their stories without mm-hmm. judgment, without anything, just to tell their story because I think that's a lacking thing. Uh, because sure. as you said, ridicule or things like that, no matter what, if it's out of of someone's wheelhouse the natural human condition just tells you, I don't believe it, I think. And that's, you know, that's, that's a hurtful thing or unfortunate for people in many of these situations. Well, one of the things too, one of our mantras, one of our, our, um, ten poles for J3 films and part of our mission statement and core values is we want to tell stories that reach the widest audience possible. So the intent has always been to take those, fringy shadowy things and move the conversation to the center of the bell curve as opposed to staying in the in the shadows we don't we don't want to make films that appeal to a target demographic we want to bring those conversations to a much wider audience so through you know that that's kind of a driver for us is how do we tell the stories in a way that is acceptable to people who may have never heard about this or know very little about it or are skeptical about it so uh, that's a big part of our 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 storytelling process is to make sure that it's something that could be both entertaining, educational, and appealing to people who may not be familiar with the subject matter as opposed to just talking to people who already believe and just giving them more of what they already know and want. So we, we know as a result of that we're going to create a little bit of controversy because we're pushing the conversation you know, into the light and out of the shadows type of thing. But to carry on for your to, to follow up with the third film, so the second film was more about an emotional journey of individuals and shed even further light on hybridization. So the hybridization is a big part of the first film and the second film. The third film is going to go into it even a little bit more deeper, but not from the individual's perspective, from a historical perspective. How long has this been happening? What is the timeline? Is it from, you know, most people think it's from 1947 on, but we're going to share a little bit more kind of in the ancient alien vein, ancient aliens vein, mm-hmm. uh, a historical perspective. But this, the, the meat and potatoes, the gist of the film is going to focus on different paradigms of belief. Uh, all three of the paradigms that we're going to focus on believe in abductions. They believe in lights in the sky, intelligent uh, life forms navigating that the lights in the sky. They believe in abductions. They believe in sexual experimentation. They believe in hybridization. They believe in uh, hybrid children. But the process of uh, their their faith in, in what they believe in is very, very different. One is the biblical narrative where the Bible is 100 percent right 100 percent of the time and the, the return of Jesus is, is foretold. And, and the whole alien uh, story is, is the great deception. Second paradigm is is a little bit more positive in the sense of ascension, that uh, they're here to help elevate us, to bring us to a higher vibration, to the next level of our existence as as humanity. And then third paradigm is 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 colonization, which is very different and very harrowing when you think about the idea that they're here to take over the planet and replace us. 
So those are three very different belief structures, but they all believe in the same contextual process of abductions, hybridization, and hybrid children. So they're all ways of, of achieving the same goals, what you're saying. Well, their, their goals are, are – it's, it's, I think it's more a matter of it, – it's like religion or politics. Whatever you believe in is based on your shape and what your mindset absorbs and believes to, and resonates with you. So all three of them, even though the underlying uh, process is the same, the belief system is very, very different. So what we want to do is shed some light on that so that people understand is that there may not be just one outcome. There may be many different outcomes. We just don't know what it is. So we're going to present all of those possibilities, not all of them, but three primary possibilities. And, and a big part of the film, too, will be whistleblowers. We've talked to a handful of whistleblowers. We've already interviewed them who are going to share their connection to the government and what their role was when they worked with or associated with the government as a um, – participant in the alien agenda man because i i think that's as poignant now <laughs> as it could be with sure everything that's in the news right now we're looking at the you know the the, sure. news, the tic-tac ttsa uh luis elizondo and then you look back in the past and you have people like richard doty and bill moore I, it's an interesting concept no matter how you look at it with whistleblowers and it makes my head spin trying to de to decide for myself what is true people whistleblowing what could be part of a disinformation the, a disinformation plan yeah. yeah and it's um those are heavy waters to wade through for you so <laughs> good luck to you, you know it's it's yeah. a and i mean that truly it's a it's a it's a fascinating concept that i think isn't followed enough by people and when you mm -hmm. start we're in a a business that i think is very guarded People that are in, in ufology and they talk about these things are very guarded with their own thoughts and the way that their mind goes down these roads is important to them. And anything that rocks that boat sometimes is seen as uh, not just a difference of opinion, but an attack. And um, that's not the best way all the time. And so that's awesome to hear, to see both points and whistleblowers coming out and things like that. I think it's very important. I yeah. guess is the one way to put it, you know, you're talking about, though, we're talking about all these people that you talk to that had these experiences. And, and there are many, many, many that you talked to on the show. You said you got a lot of emails. People reached out to you. How did you pick the people that you you actually had in Extraordinary? And what was your process for 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 choosing them? We vetted everyone as best as we could. I mean, we uh, John and I spent hours and hours on the phone with people um and uh the, they reached out to us or we heard about them through our we had some other produce some of our other producers played a big role in uh tracking these people down and giving us some names that they thought would be really good for this uh we had you know chase klotsky who's you know researcher for a long time in this field she helped a great deal with uh setting us up with some people on some phone calls as was Lori Wagner, one of our other producers, because they've been doing this research and they've been in this field for quite some time. So, yeah, we would get on the phone with them and they would we would simply say, hey, all right, so, you know, tell us your story. And the things we were looking for were a couple things. Uh, obviously, sincerity. Now, no one can know 100 percent. Right. If, right. if someone's tell you, you just can't. You can't. So you got to follow your gut sometimes. You got to follow your gut. And so. But was interesting, you know, we wanted to, we, what we wanted to do more than anything else is tell that, 
these people that we did focus on in the film, they were fairly new to this was like the first time, if not the first time telling their stories that they had recently opened up about it. They had recently come out. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to talk to Travis Walton. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we got that. It's 40 years, you know, of that because what winds up happening is, and this is human nature. When you, when, if you started having experiences and you came out 20 years ago and started telling your story, you can't help but become very robotic about it and, and almost unemotional. It's almost like rehearsed, you know, when you know the answer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, You tell the same thing over and over. It was excruciating. Yeah. And that's, it's not on purpose. It just happens. Yeah. Right. And, and we didn't want to have people who profess to know anything. They, we, the people we ultimately chose, there's three main individuals. And then we had other people as well, uh, surrounding that, uh, who also told of their experiences, but it was a raw motion, right? It was this, I don't know what's going on and I'm a mess. Like, and, and it was real. So what you're seeing is these people who, uh, you know, all kind of everyone reacts differently to this. Everyone has to try to cope with a traumatic event in a different way, depending on the person. But what we really wanted was a, a, a certain amount of obviously as much sincerity as possible. And the fact that they were they were still trying to figure it out. They didn't know they didn't have any answers, but they it, it was it it did this to their lives and it affected their lives in a profound way. So it took a while, but, you know, and then we had other people, you know, there were other people who had phenomenal stories and it were incredible, incredible people, but they ultimately decided that they couldn't, they, they didn't want to go on camera uh, because uh, whether, uh, you know, professional suicide or personal you know what i'm saying they did they was Absolutely. it's still so taboo that they're like I, I i live in a small town and there's one woman in the film who is brave enough to be in the film but as, if you know like she's she's you know dark she's yeah she's, and the voice modulation. right yeah. yeah exactly it's like a mobster right and in, in witness protection and the reason we did that was like look guys i'll i want to tell this story because i think it's important but i'm from a really small town in missouri and it's a very religious, you know, if I come out and people know it's me, my life will be ruined. Yeah. And that's, that's, well, you, that's something that we face in this show many times over is demonizing of experts or, or firsthand witnesses and things like that. And, and we've talked about it a lot. And in reaching out, like you're talking about, we've reached out to people that have been experiencers or, or have firsthand knowledge. A lot of times they will refuse to talk on the record. But off the record, they tell us just fascinating tales, you know, and it's it's a huge issue, but it also isn't something that you can blame them. Sure. And, you know, on the flip, like you said, you do have some people that go that go on the record with the fear of being crucified. So it's unfortunate that you hear that, but it's not a surprise at all. And like I said before, it's human nature to to not believe something that's out of your wheelhouse or out of out of your normal thinking and hopefully i think things like this bring in more into the cultural zeitgeist where hopefully people will go well i i can talk about these things a little more normalized right yeah. right yeah. and that that's a big intention 
that's a big intention in the film too. I mean, we, we, you know, whenever you're making a documentary film, you kind of have an outline of what you want to accomplish with the film. And we knew that we were going to get good stories based on the people that we had. And we had great experts who could validate a lot of the things that were being presented in the film, not, or if, if they didn't come out and validate it, they at least supported the fact that these conversations need to happen in a, in a, in a broader sense. So we had people like Richard Dole and Mark D'Antonio and, and, and uh, Alejandro Rojas, all who are a little bit skeptical about the whole idea of hybridization programs. But when the the big thing that they all do in supporting this is that we need to listen to people who've been having these experiences because they're having a profound impact on the individual. So if we're if we're just ca- you know casting those stories away and not paying attention to them, we're doing a disservice to the whole research process. So we at the very least have to listen. And uh, we interviewed Dr. Jacobs for the third film. And I was having a side conversation with him about, you know, so many people said they need empirical evidence. And he got mad. And he said, you know, God damn it, I'm really sick and tired of hearing all these people bitch and moan about the lack of evidence. He goes, I've interviewed, you know, hundreds of people. I've got 3,500 different tapes upstairs in my, my study. And he's like pointing upstairs that he said, that's evidence. We need to start listening to the people who have been sharing thousands of people. Tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people around the world have had abduction experiences that point to reproduction. And if, if we're not paying attention to that, he said, that's a crime. He said that is unfortunate that people believe that they need something that they need to touch and hold because if we're having a lot of collaborative stories and corroborative stories that uh, uh, have – similarities that, you know, define a process that show that things are happening uh, consistently and globally, as opposed to, you know, just regionally. We have a tendency to focus just on the United States as it pertains to something like this, but it's happening all over the world. And, And a big part of that is the storytelling needs to be listened to. We need to pay attention to it. So that's a big part of what we wanted to accomplish. We wanted to accomplish three things, create awareness, that something like this is happening. So, you know, it might be a shock to some people uh, that this is happening. And two, we wanted people to become more compassionate about it. You might not have happened, hap- it might not have happened to you, but if it happened to somebody else, we should at least listen. And if they're in pain and suffering or in fear or feel, you know, that they can't tell anybody, but we need to protect them. We need to be uh, uh, supportive of what they're going through. We need to be empathetic and compassionate. And the third thing is if you've had an experience, find your community. It's out there. There's a lot of people who've had the experience just like you. So those are the three primary themes throughout the film is awareness, uh, compassion, and community. And that's really what we're trying to encourage with this film. We're not out there to try to convince anybody that this is you know, 100% true because, as we say to anybody who asks us, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know the answers. The yeah. yeah. Th- these are people that are having something profound. We don't doubt that at all. We are – 100% convicted in what we're doing because uh, we believe that the people who've had these experiences have had something profound to them. Whether you believe them or not, whether you think they're a hoax or not, something has happened to them. And, I, and go back to the point with screening some people, we turn people away uh, from, uh, you know, or turned away from certain people who have either approached us. One, that's kind of a red flag to us. If somebody comes to us and says, hey, I want you to tell my story, that seems a little bit, eh, you know, it's like there's, right. there's, what's the motivation? But mm-hmm. another a few people that we initially contacted with, they, they're one of their first questions is, well, h- how much am I getting paid? 
And that was an immediate, you know, immediate cross their name off the list type of thing. Because that's not what we're looking for. For, We're looking for for multiple reasons. (laughs) Yeah. We're looking. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of money to be made in the first place. (laughs) Uh, And two is that we wanted a a sense of genuineness to the the people that we were talking to, that that sense of uh, raw emotion, that sense of um, uh, taking a risk. Yeah. Now that's a big part of it for, you know, Geraldine, April and, and, and Rob in particular, mm-hmm. they were telling their stories and the world was going to see this. This was now available for anybody on the planet to watch. Right, yeah. And, and they've and so been exposed to a certain extent Yeah, and they were willing to do it because they, all three of them felt it was important. You just spoke of, uh, and the shock of it, like of people not knowing, you know, about hybridization and stuff. And I know we've talked about the, the ridicule and stuff, but in the news lately, there's uh, a lot more stuff coming out about, uh, well, the, the Navy, you know, said these UFO tapes are real. Like these are, you know, stuff is starting to come out in the mainstream news. Do, do you have any idea? Like, is hybridization still too like too much of a concept for people to grasp for for the mainstream news to run stories like that or do are you think that will ignoring it yeah are they actively ignoring they, yeah. what do you guys think well i think that the, if there's a soft disclosure that some people talk about yeah there's no way that most people the way our minds work is that you have to go from a to b to c to d in order to connect the dots so uh, for most people it's okay there's these craft in the sky they're ufos they're unidentified okay what does that mean are they under intelligent control okay i'll buy that and then people will be like yeah absolutely i think there's life there's tons of life in the universe and that some of them somehow have made it here, blah, blah, blah. So then you go from that to is, has there been contact? And that's where you get into the whole government thing. Has the government, did the government make contact in 1947? Did, has it been going on longer? But then they have to take another leap to say, well, wait, are people being abducted by these ETs? Mm-hmm. A, and then B, are are the, is there a hybridization experiment going on, which which also explain cattle mutilations because they're using the bovine DN, the bovine hemoglobin to help with their you know fertilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you have to start putting all that together. But you know what's really interesting about it is is that if you look at it objectively from A to B to from A to Z. It makes sense. It's, it's, you can look at it objectively and it makes sense. So, yeah, for, you know, but I, but your question is, okay, well, they're coming out with the Navy new and this and that. And that, that's what's important about the whistleblowers in the third film. One of the things that is important to understand about the whistleblowers is these are ex military guys. They were in the military for obviously several years, they're older now. But they're not coming – it's not like we interviewed them in their uniforms and they're all – It's they're spouting a company line and they're just – you mm. know, they're up to something. These are guys who we sat in front of for hours whose lives have been also profoundly impacted by the programs that they were involved in just by the fact that they had to go through and saw what they saw and then could never – tell anyone about it they couldn't tell their families they couldn't tell their wives they couldn't tell anyone that yes ets are real i'm working with them i'm in crash retrieval i'm in a communications program that involves ets they could never tell anyone and these guys would sit in front of us and in one instance especially he's crying i mean he's literally this you know this guy's been through a lot he was in the vietnam war 
Okay. And he's like, he's crying saying this is because it's so impactful. So it's, you know, the whole idea of the military, again, an objective person is, and we're not, and we're not saying we have the answers to all of this, but objectively, if you look at everything, if you look at all the evidence, if you look at everything that's happened since the 1940s, yeah, it really strongly suggests that the government knows something it's not telling us. Well, absolutely. And, and I think you would have to be even forget the the ET alien aspect of it. The government has never been forthcoming with anything, period. <laughs> and this would just make <laughs> right, sense. Right. But you you talk about how these individuals are are have been part of it and they worked for the government and and they've had these experiences and and all the other the people that you had that you interviewed that were the experiencers people know what's going on period there has to be if this is for throw your disbelief out, out of the window and you know anyone that might have and just say if this is going on of course the government knows one way or another Who's covering it up? Do you think? Do you have an idea? I, I guess this is a twofold question. Is the government a part of it and is covering it up or are they just researching it like we are? And then these, these hybridization that's going on. One thing you talked about is the reason for it. Is there reason to conquer or for desperation that they need us? And is the government a part of that as well? What we don't know is who knows. Right. And, and who knows the, might be scary. way above anything that we can comprehend. Mm-hmm. And it opens the door to a conversation about that becomes much more than the existence of 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 craft and intelligent life operating those craft in connection to them. It it opens up the the fact that something has been hidden for a long time. It opens up conversations about the metaphysical realm. It opens up conversations about interdimensional travel in a multiverse. Right. And those are all hand in hand with this whole Yes. Uh, <laughs> this right. whole thing. And I don't it, even know what you want to call it, you know, and and that's it's just it's an amazing thing to try to wrap your head around. But here's the thing, and this is the key to this. And again, it's the way we think as human beings, right? Everything's we like to think of things in black and white. Either it's true or it's not true. Either it's bad or it's not or it's good. Either they know or they don't know. And really, again, it's probably a combination of a lot of things because think about it. Yes, is the government covering up? Yes, but why? Okay, everyone makes the government out to be the bad guy. And trust me, I grew up with you know during the Vietnam War and Watergate and all so I don't trust the government as far as I can throw them but however what if part of it is they don't really want to tell us all of it cuz if we knew all of it we totally lose our shit yeah what if it's you know well, that's something that you know uh Tom DeLonge has come out and said recently is in you know what we don't know is not only for our protection it's we can't grasp it you know like right. what if it's that yeah. Exactly, David. Yeah. What What if it's for your sanity or or we are the puppets and we, you know, a lot of people would not want to know that we have no control over our own lives or, or what's going on. And if we're used as cattle, you know, for lack yeah. of a better term, yeah, uh, that's going to. It would cause anarchy. Right. You, you right. talked about religions and everything. Talk about an upheaval. Good Lord. You know. Yeah. That's a huge part of it. It is. Because as the government probably done some really bad things to cover it up yeah i think people have been killed i think they've done really bad things to cover this up but at the same time the means to an end why are they covering up and that applies to the ets too because people 
either there again, you're either ascension sometimes and it's all ascension. It's all a really good thing. These ETs are going to be part of our, uh, the human evolution, right? They're here to help us or it's colonization. It's they're here to take over. They're going to replace us with these hybrids. But when you, and the reality is, okay, that we have to look at this. We're looking at this as human beings. We don't know the morality of an ET, right? So let's say they are, one thing we do know is they're taking people, if they're taking people against their will and they're doing experiments on them and they're doing it to as many people as we think it might be, well, those are crimes against humanity, right? They, right. without question, crimes against humanity. But on the other hand, how do we know how they think they might think, well, this is no, 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 this is all good for you. In the end, we're going to create these hybrids. Yeah, and, it's like, take your you medicine. Know, yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. So Food it's full of sugar I, though. Don't forget. <laughs> Where's the sugar? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there's one thing John and I have learned as we've done this. And that's why it is so fitting to say the more, you know, the more you don't know is we realize, we realize the intricacies involved in this. We realize that it's okay. Yes, we can assume certain things based on the information that we've gathered and research we've done, and we can try to be objective about it. And this is what we kind of think might be happening. But what we've learned is, is that there is so much that we don't know. And there's so much that there, there's, it's the areas of gray, right? That's what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with black and white. And that's what we have to kind of accept. I think people have to accept, well, it's good and bad. So it's not just, you know, the, the ETs might have to answer to these, to these abductions, even though they might be good for, it might all in the end be good for humanity. Eh, there's a problem with it. No one wants to eat their vegetables. But sometimes exactly. it comes, sometimes it's a little worse than vegetables, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow. No one wants to eat their vegetables by syringe. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or <laughs> probe. <laughs> right. Yeah, one, one end or the other. Nobody would. <laughs> one, of the thought, one of the things you, that was uh, heavily talked about in, in the, the show was hypnotic regression. And that's a hot button topic as well. And what are your your thoughts on that? Do you guys have? Um, do you think it's a it's a a great tool uh, if used right, or 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 how is it affected as you talk to the people that had used it to help them recover their memories? I, I don't think it's a negative thing because it, it could be a negative thing. Obviously, if someone is asking leading questions, if someone has an agenda in their narrative and and they're trying to get to an end game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you sit down and you talk to the individuals uh, like the Yvonne Smiths and the Barbara Lambs that are in the film, what they talk about is all the screening that they do before they even go through the process. So there's an awareness of what the individual has experienced, and they've been in front of so many people. And I'm assuming that this applies to anybody who is who has been doing regressions uh, with people in this, this area for, for years. They know kind of based on patterns that they've seen and storylines that they've heard and emotional responses to what they, they, they've had, that they're, they're, there's, this is a path worth exploring with them. So you have somebody in the film, uh, April Malloy, uh, she was having nightmares over a two-year period. She was having mis- you know, miscarriages, and her and her husband are trying to have a, a second child. And she was just having these experiences over two years, and she didn't believe that anything was happening. She kind of went from, I'm having nightmares, to 
I kind of feel like there might be some sort of spiritual energy in the house mm-hmm. and never really took the leap that it was, you know, there was some sort of an alien presence, you know, in this whole thing. But her husband was picking up on more and more of it. And these are two religious people, conservative people. And this is not something they would fully embrace unless it was happening to them. And it was at the urgence of her husband that April go and see Yvonne Smith. And she didn't want to. She was like, I, I, this, that's ridiculous to even think that this is something that uh, I, I, is happening to me, one, and that, that a regression would even help me because I, I doubt that I can even be hypnotized. So you know, this is a total waste right. of time. Well, he eventually got her to agree to it because he felt that, you know, we got to do something. This is not right. Um, and, and the last kind of like tipping point for him was that she had a, and she was journaling, writing down the notes that she had, had been uh, based on some of the dreams that she had had. And the last one was, she said she, her dream was that she was on a craft and, uh, there were these aliens hovering over her and that the message that she was given was baby conceived and oh, wow, she yeah. became pregnant shortly after that. So, uh, but the, so it was the emotional impact that it was having her, the stress, the lack of sleep. You know, there was a whole bunch of um, physical things that were happening to her as a result of these nightmares that she was happening. So she did go to Yvonne and she told Yvonne the same thing she told her husband. I don't think I can be hypnotized. I think this is crazy. And, and Yvonne assured her, she says, everybody can be hypnotized. I'm just going to guide you through this. But just know that once you open Pandora's box, <laughs> once you open this door, you can't close it. Yeah, there's no shutting it. And she said she didn't think that she would be able to. And she connected to things that, in her mind, you know, based on the journey that she went through, it opened, it just basically uh, kind of opened the blinds, so to speak, removed the veil that had been hidden. And that's one of the things that we heard from several of the people that have gone through those regressions is what it does is it, it's not about, uh, you know, somebody planting thoughts in your mind as much as it is connecting to memory. Right. You know, it's, right. it's in, in a lot of the, the memories that they then connect to, it is the removal of the veil because they're like, that was a real time experience. That wasn't a dream. That was a conscious experience. And that's one of the things that we, you know, where, where people have said, I decided to go and have a regression because I was having conscious dream or uh, conscious experiences. They weren't dreams. They weren't semi-lucid. I was very much aware of where I was. I was touching things. I was very tuned into my environment. So, you know, I can see, I can see the argument that it's suggestive. I can see the argument that, uh, but one of the things that we, we live in our conscious state, but our subconscious rules our world. And we have less of an understanding about our subconscious because it's so <laughs> it's it's such a different part of our existence. You know, you know, Jack was saying earlier, and you guys have both said this too, is that we know what we know. We know what's in front of us. We think linearly. We go from A to B to C to D. Uh, so, you know, when 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 somebody presents to you the whole idea that you're living in a multi-dimensional world you just haven't connected to it because your mind won't allow you to because we put it in a box we put everything in this framed box and perspective based on what we've been told and what we've been shared mm-hmm. so somebody who so someone who who lives in uh the south, southern parts of the united states might be a devout christian and someone who lives in india might be a hindu who's right 
it's your surroundings, the way that you were raised. It's the paradigm that you, the structure that you were, you know, raised in what you were yeah, led to believe. Everyone sees the world in their own way. And that fills into everything you're doing. Like you're talking about with these situations. If you are a, a person who is abducted, you fill in the blanks with the world that you've known. Um, the blanks could be anything, but I think like you're saying, the world around you really f- is fills in what you perceive. Um, and that is also a downfall to people that didn't have the same upbringing or 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 are from different parts of the world, and we can't put ourselves into other people's shoes. Well, I want to I want to mention some, a story. I tell this story quite often. Uh, is after we screened um, uh, the first film, Extraordinary the Stan Romanek story, in at the Fort Lauderdale National Film Festival. Jack and I both lived down there. Uh, Jamie had family down there. We had a lot of connections to South Florida. So it was a great opportunity to get into that festival and, and have an audience, a supportive audience there. That's you know, we, we knew that if we were there right now and I'm in Chicago, so oh. <laughs> I, I think I hate you as much as I hate her too. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 the great part about that was is that sometimes when you go to a film festival, you, you, you might have 15 people in the audience. We had 170 people, wow. which was awesome because they were very supportive. I would say 80% of them were there to support us. And when the film was over, they were kind of blown away by the subject matter, one. Uh, two, uh, they didn't expect it to be as uh, the, the quality of the film. It was like, what did you think we were going to do? <laughs> Something <laughs> crappy. Thanks yeah, a lot very, for that vote of confidence. <laughs> but at, at, you know, we had the conversations after. We had a little event after and talked to a whole bunch of people who kind of, you know, some people said, you know, I've had some experiences. I know somebody. So then you, you open up that conversation, which is good. Um, but I had one person came up to me a couple of days later and she said to me, I had to process the movie before I talked to you. And, uh, I wanted to, uh, you know, gather my thoughts around this because I'm, I'm one of those, it hit me by, it hit me like a two by four. And she said, because I never, and she says, let me explain what I mean by that. She says, I, I always thought of this stuff as science fiction. I thought this is like movies and stories and, and that, that, it, that it wasn't real. I, I never knew stuff like this was happening to real people. And she said the way that I was, you know, the way that I was raised, I never had space for this in my mind. Yeah. And she says it really rocked me to think that there were people. And she said, you know, the fact that, that Stan was there at the festival, the fact that she had a chance to talk with him afterwards, like, she's like, he's a real person. And he had all this stuff happen to him. She goes, I couldn't, I couldn't process that that day. And she said, so it's made me realize that what I've been led to believe up to this point is missing a big part of the reality of humanity is that people are experiencing something that I'm, I'm not aware of and I need to pay attention to things like this. So she, it didn't, she didn't say that it was going to like change her life anyway, but she's like, I never had a place for this. I never recognized this as a reality. So that was kind of, you know, it was a good thing for us because we've always had that approach is that we want to impact people in a way that gets them to think. Right. It's a validation so our, for what you're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so our, uh, one of our other, you know, core values is to ask the question, what if this is all true? So they're making sure that our storytelling presents things in a, in more of a journalistic way, more of an investigative way uh, of, you know, making sure that we have stories that are, that will resonate with people. And I think, and it's very easy because you know, I look at all the comments, you know, that we get on social media and some of the things that, you know, people, one of the biggest things we keep hearing over and over again, well, I want proof. You know, people will say, well, I have an alien child. How do you know? 
give me the proof. I want to see it. Is it documented? And we, another thing we keep hearing is like, you have these stories of these women talking about these things. Well, what were their doctors saying? You know, where are the medical reports? It's like, yeah, yeah. When it was happening, they weren't thinking, oh, I'm having a hybrid child. Let me ask my doctor what he thinks. Hey, get my blood count. See that's if a, I have any that's a heart DNA. To find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you did say that, that's... they'd be running some different tests and, and taking you away for it. Though is the problem, <laughs> right? You know, or, right? But you know, here we are making light of something like this, and 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 it's easy to do because it's you know, Jack and I, and I'm assuming you guys haven't been abducted that we're aware of. Right. We're not aware of it, so we're kind of like in that safe bubble, that comfort zone that we're not aware of of what that experience is like. You know, we had a conversation with Lee Strieber, and he says, I'm sick and tired of the anal probe jokes. Right. I had, he said, you had somebody from Comedy Central call him up and say, is it okay if we use you, you reference you in a story? And he's like, absolutely not. Right. I don't want that. That's, that's like, so how hard is it to come forward and then to become, you know, right, to become ridiculed yeah. for, for what you shared. It's like a great line in the film is unless it happens to you, it's just a story. And for those of us yeah, who right. haven't had it happen, it's yeah. it's it. We can't relate to that emotional impact. One of the stories that stood out to me was uh, Geraldine. She literally described a drugging and a rape. And in, later, through regression, she believed it was a reptilian. And reptilians is something you talked about a lot in this, uh, the running theme of reptilians projecting onto other or other aliens or, or things onto themselves, and the greys being like worker drones, emotionless. Do you believe that that you know that the 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 greys are controlled by the reptilians? Is that something that you felt is happening from all the people that you talk to, and or is that just nonsense? Well, you know, look when you when you hear a bunch of stories, right? There's a there are different set. There are several threads within everyone's stories that were similar mm -hmm. and uh, each had their own individual way to describe things and the way you describe a needle or needle being put into your stomach or whatever. That's that's going to be, you know, the way an individual describes something. Right, but the bigger exactly. stuff, the bigger stuff was there were some really interesting uh, threads. And one of them was the fact that you had you always hear about the grays and the grays were certainly with all of these people for the most part part of their experience not all of them but most of them and but over and over again you hear that well the grays are doing the experiments but in the background they could see something that looked like a reptilian or something that looked like an insectoid and they were the ones controlling the environment they were the ones giving the orders uh, and they also said that there was a military presence that they would see mil men in uniform, human yeah. beings in uniform, and also also the uh, uh, the Nordics, the, the the tall, you know, and and that might have been a screen, a screen. So they, right. you know, it's, uh, you don't want to look at a reptilian, you'll freak out. So you look at a, uh, you know, a, a beautiful, you know, six foot tall, blonde, blue eyed Nordic. So it's going to kind of calm you down a little bit, but. The in all of these stories you hear that. So can we say for sure if the if the greys are worker bees? Uh, we don't know, uh, but we do believe that you know what we hear over and over again is that they're doing the stuff, they're doing everything, they're doing the experiments hands on, and then there seem to be these other ET species that are either directing them or giving them orders. And, and also the, with the reptilians is very rarely is it positive. The reptilians are pretty nasty. Uh, and it's like, you know, with Geraldine and, and some of the other people in 
in the film, they were raped by reptilians. I mean, they say it was a reptilian. Uh, so, you know, again, you take all of the evidence and you look at it and you say, well, what is, what's corroborated here? What is, what patterns are developing? And that is one of the patterns. So that's actually a great question. Who, who are the, who are these grays in relation to the reptilians and the Nordics and the da da da? And again, we can't know for sure. There could be, you know, a hundred races, ET races that we're dealing with here. And throwing on that is the talk of military personnel or humans there. That just is scary too, that they're, they're complicit or facilitating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that whole mill lab, the mill lab conversation, which Mm -hmm. is a, you know, a a whole documentary series, 10, 15, 20 part series that (laughs) it's, that's, you know, we, you know, people have asked, you know, why, you you know, you meant you had a couple of people on there who had mill lab experiences. Why didn't you go down that path? And it's like, you you can't just (laughs) casually mention that and not explain what it is. Yeah, exactly. And then that goes again, it goes from, okay, now I'm on F and all of a sudden you're going to Z and I can't handle that. (laughs) Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like there are lights in the sky, and then I was raped by a reptilian. Yeah. But these lights are like, it's like yeah. no. with generals watching. Gen- you, you know, U.S. Army yeah. generals watching you. <laughs> one of the one of the most uh, I don't I don't know like interesting because I've never heard it or haven't heard it much. Uh, parts of the film was when uh, Rob was talking about his consciousness going into a clone. Uh, and waking up in, in a vat, you know, and then I, mm-hmm. you know, describing the, <laughs> the entities outside scrambling around like, oh shit, oh, he's something's awake. wrong. He's yeah. not supposed to be there. Yeah. yeah. So uh, can, can you guys, uh, elaborate on, on that a little bit, that experience and the, have, have you heard more stories of consciousnesses being, um, displaced basically? Well, I think one of the things with, with, with his story, uh, we, we decided to include his story in there because, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, we wanted to make sure this wasn't, you know, people understood that this was happening to males too. They were having abduction right. experiences for reproductive right, purposes which was as well. The, a lot less in there. Uh, there was much more women in the, the show. And we did screen several other men that ultimately decided not to participate. Now, and, 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 and I'm not going to try to encapsulate that in, in, you know, the individual's cases, but in a broad perspective, you could look at, you know, from a male ego, that it's emasculating to base, you know, sure. and, and Whitley Strieber talks about this is like, you know, it, it, to, to sit there and say that you've been raped, <laughs> you know, as a male or you've been violated as a male is 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 harrowing. And, and to say to come out in public and say that it's it's like, OK, you've been dominated by a species for for sexual reproduction purposes well, is is very difficult species, if it's a, another a woman or a man sure people will just sure go, yeah right because that's the right. the male psyche goes to that and and just wants to put it down or not believe it or, or make fun yeah of that and i think that the, the challenge for you know we wanted to get people who who had had sperm samples taken for from abduction experiences and there was a handful that we talked to but they ultimately opted out and and that was a little bit of a struggle we had more women who were willing to tell their story because i think Women are more emotional, and therefore they felt like it's time that this story got out there. It's time that more people, other women, 
women have an experience with the loss of a child and through a miscarriage much different than than a man ever would. So the, there's an emotional component to that. There's a connection to a, a human being in your body that when it's gone, it, it's difficult. And when you find out that it may be living somewhere else in the world or off planet, that is the the, the tug is really hard on mm-hmm. on, on the heart. So there's that emotional component to it. But we really felt that it was important to have male representation in it. And one of the reasons why Rob's story was fantastic for us is that it also, you know, lets people know that reproduction is not just through sexual intercourse. Reproduction can be through shared consciousness. Reproduction can be through extracting DNA through hair follicles or skin samples or other ways. So it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, taking a sperm and an egg and putting them together and all of a sudden, you know, there's a child. The whole idea that Rob shares and, and, you know, we would have loved to have done more with his story because some people were like, well, I wanted to know more about Rob's story. He's like, well, we'd love to share more. But again, we only have an hour and 45 minutes, but it's a compelling story. And his emotional journey is important. And that's one of the main reasons why I put that in there. But what he shares in there is that, you know, he was brought into an abduction scenario and and was taken on a tour. And he explains this in the film. And at the end of the tour, he basically is like, this isn't good. This is not good that they're taking consciousness from people and they're they're using that consciousness that to was power. What I was trying to, to wrap my head around was what they were using that consciousness for like like slave labor is that what it was or do know and, and that's device. that's one uh, of and, those yeah I, I i never i didn't understand where he was going with that which I begs guess. the question like what the hell is consciousness then you right. know the and that, you, you talked you... about like vibrations and things like that and, and you know that was a, an important thing what what are your guys thoughts on that i guess is that something that 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 falls in with the whole consciousness stuff are these beings on a different vibrational level than we are or this is the unknown element of all the jack and i have talked about no this damn so it much. tell me i want to know <laughs> <laughs> well look yeah you know john and i have had i don't know god i mean how many hours over the years that we've known each other because one of the one of the questions that everyone asks you know it's these questions that all humanity always asks uh, you know what happens when we die right so that involves our consciousness does consciousness survive death Right. So this goes to the whole hauntings and ghosts and people have paranormal experiences. And, you know, and and, and these are the kinds of questions that we all want to. It's like this is what drives us. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. are we alone in the universe? Is there a God? And what happens when we die? So the idea of what is consciousness? I'd like to think that consciousness and on some level is spirit. Right. So that when we pass away, when our body dies, the spirit, our consciousness lives on. And that would be the whole idea of what a ghost is. So, but if you're talking about we're in three dimensional, right? We think three dimensionally. This is our our real our physical reality is 3D. Well, you know, you t- you hear about these people talk about fifth dimensional, eighth dimensional ETs from different you know different dimensions, not just interplanetary, but interdimensional. We have no clue what that is. We have no clue what that could be like. Uh, is it the vibration? We always talk about vibrations, right? So you would mention vibration. If someone's on a higher vibrational level, can we not see them? Maybe right. we, it's hard to see them. Maybe it's harder to hear them, which is why people, when they go ghost hunting, they use all this equipment that tries to go either above or below the spectrums that we as humans can hear or see. 
Yeah. So I, yeah, that's a great question, man. It's it, a great question. It, it opens up so much thinking. <laughs> ghosts and things like that is are we just looking at another dimension that we don't realize is there and is it not even interacting with us uh, um intelligently it's just going about its business it being the the what you know mm -hmm. it just opens so many questions but the, but, but the way one way to look at it and i kind of like to look at it from a more the possibility so you know the theme in the film is these expanding circles and, and this expansion of knowledge only creates more questions. So if we keep pushing the boundaries of that circle, we're going to get to the point where we start to see and experience uh, uh, our existence on a completely different level. We, we, we will break free of a 3D existence and we will have the ability, from my point of view, to experiencing something different to and i look at it as a positive a lot of people are frightened by all of this and it's like i i don't want to know i want to stay in my bubble my no, bubble is is too. very well I, defined I, I, <laughs> yeah but it know. does i mean this this conversation goes from okay disclosure disclosure happens uh you know is it going to be the technology that is disclosed first then the 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 intelligent life after is there going to be a press conference with someone you know stating that this is indeed happening i don't think that's going to happen but you know the, the when when that those dots are connected when the awareness is that uh, we're not alone there might be something else out there uh we're all of the same cosmic dust if you will when people start to look at it from that point of view and we start to expand the circle in an exponential exponential way and our our learning accelerates which is a truly possible that you know instead of these breakthrough breakthroughs every decade or every century it starts happening every you know month or every week right. and we advance more quickly so maybe that is the well, acceleration of our vibration you know, right now scientists are too scared to even talk about these things usually if you're but they've uh, explored them right they've explored them but unfortunately and, and there's awareness of it right and I, I want that to be able to be explored in an academic setting and not be ridiculed for doing so that would be uh yeah well in us. in the first in the first film um there's a, a physicist uh claude i'm drawing a blank on his Swanson. last name Swanson. Swanson. Claude Swanson talks about this new physics, and he says we talk about his new physics. He's really been around since the the beginning of the century of the of the nineteenth of the twentieth century. So he said it, it's new in the sense that it it is was evolving alongside of uh, Einstein, but it was different. And uh, Al Kubier uh, Kubrier is is kind of a proponent of it, and has there's a lot of validation in the work that has been already done, but it's not accepted as, as, as well as Newtonian and, and Einstein physics are. He said, but there's a lot of theory and there's a lot of, um, uh, mathematics and science that points to these realities being very different than way, the way that we look at life today. And isn't, doesn't that make sense? And it, this is my biggest thing that I would say to anybody is to say that we have not evolved. Is, is you know over the course of even 
200 years is it's absolutely nuts. Where do you think we're going to be 200 years from now at the rate of acceleration of learning and knowledge and exposure to new technology and new discoveries? Can, I don't think we can even say. Can't I don't fathom. think we'll be here. We can't <laughs> right, the rate the planet's <laughs> well, going through. Well, but hopefully, you know, if we've expanded enough that um, uh, life at, for us on a daily basis is going to look very, very slim to zero what it is now. Mm-hmm. But I, I look at I look at you know we can go back and say there were people who believed that the world was flat and then that was proven not to be true although some people still believe it. Sure uh, there there were there were people who who were convinced that uh, the the Earth was the center of everything and and uh, was proven uh, by Galileo that it was uh, the sun was we were a solar centric uh, solar system not a Earth bound everything revolving around the earth mm-hmm. went to prison for it had his fingers crossed behind his back when he denounced it and uh eventually was you know exonerated for it but we eventually came to accept that to be true in the late 1900s the u.s patent office said that they were considering closing down because everything in the world that needed to be discovered had already been discovered yeah. and there really was no no need for that moving forward and i've spent uh, i've been traveling throughout south america i'm currently in peru Last week I was at a museum and they had a very interesting uh, presentation about the the Incan Empire, which everybody, you know, when they think of Peru, they think of the Incas. Well, the, the Inca Empire only lasted for a couple hundred, three hundred years in its in its heyday, in its its most uh, visible and expansive presence in, in South America. Uh, and that's around the time when the conquistadors were here. So the conquistadors told the story of the Incas. They brought it back to the New World through Mexico. So it goes from Peru to Mexico and then goes over to Spain and spreads throughout Europe that a highly advanced, highly uh, technically advanced, engineering advanced uh, society existed on the other side of the world. And it it blew the minds of people over in Europe at the time because in their minds, everything that was – big and known was here was here right here in europe what we knew we were the largest we were the center of everything everything happened here and when they found that out it they couldn't fathom it they couldn't believe that that existed somewhere else on the planet and the explanation that they gave in this this presentation was it would be akin to people on the planet today finding out that there were other species outside of our earth mm-hmm. that there were aliens that existed extraterrestrials that existed outside of our understanding so that's happened numerous times on the planet when that circle expanded to the point where we had a huge breakthrough of awareness and understanding so my my big question that i pose to anybody is that why can't that ex- the next big expansion be something that we can embrace the fact that we're one not alone and two right. that we may be multidimensional and multi-universe and so energies yeah. yeah it's just, so that's possible for to to not think that 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 will happen again is is it's just very close minded I I agree. You know, speaking of that, I think one of the best things that that was said on the show is from Alex, Alejandro Rojas, who's he's been on our show as well. I love him, and he said even if he does not know that is happening, all these things, so many people believe it's happening that to them that it should be taken seriously and researched until we have an answer. I think that's a very important thing. Even if you don't believe or understand or know, so many people are saying that it's happening that it it deserves 
um, research and validation or, do, you know, if, if, if it's going to be discredited, then, and if it's something else, that's fine. Give it its just due. Right. And I think that's an important thing. Yeah. And Alejandro, he made that point. You're right. I mean, I think that, and he's so right about that. But again, guys, you know, that's the thing, like we're dealing with, it's the human condition is very flawed, right? Uh, we as humans are very flawed and we can, the four of us here having this conversation are very open-minded, obviously, which is why we're actually speaking right now. And the people who are going to listen to this are obviously open-minded because they're willing to listen to this. But there are also people like our friend from South Florida, who's a delightful human being who has never allowed herself to think about it in the 50 years of her life. That is I know a lot of people that just, <laughs> I don't want to talk about. It. I don't. I yeah. don't want to talk about. It. Not this discipline, <laughs> but others as well. Politics. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You, you know, you can put this into to any discipline, like you said, that you want, and you're going to be those people that go la 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 and Film. put their fingers in yeah. their ears. You know, uh, because anything that that rocks their boat or changes History. their view yeah, it's, is it's, is wrong or foreign or evil. Don't or, even want to entertain it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, gentlemen. Thank you so much. When people want to see this, where's the best way to watch this? Where's the best way to watch this in your first documentary? And uh, where can they find you guys? Uh, you know, we encourage people to go to the film website, uh, extraordinarytheseating.com. It has uh, not only a, the trailer is there, it has a list of reviews from some luminaries within the ufology world. And it also has uh, uh, links of where you can see it. It's on digital platforms all over the world. And mm -hmm. in uh, North America, it's also available on cable providers as a pay-per-view option so that that film is available the, the our first film extraordinary stan romanek story is available on amazon prime uh so it's that that one is available for free to prime uh subscribers but uh, the current film is is available as a rental or a digital download at you know for now our goal hopefully down the road is that it does reach a platform where it is available for anybody who wants to see it, to uh, see it. So it, whether that's a Netflix or a Hulu or Amazon Prime or Gaia TV or any one of the new uh, mm -hmm. content providers that are now coming out. I know CNN and Disney, they all are now having you know content platforms. So the goal is that within the next couple of months, we'll have a better idea of where it's going to land. Our website for the our production companies j3films.com and I, I should mention this too is that we created a uh, a support page on the J3 Films website specifically for this film and there is a, a link that's presented in the closing credits to that page and the page is j3films.com/support that page has a list of the people that are in the film, uh, some of the the books that they've written, or the uh, these are the experts, or their the services that they provide. Uh, Geraldine has and now provides, you know, basically her she's dedicated her life to helping people who've been through what she's been through. Right. And she uh, and there's also links to organizations and uh, regression therapists, so that people who if they're looking for more information and they're stumbling across this for the first time, and I would say that you know we've had a lot of people who when they see the trailer through the the facebook ads that we've done they've been like oh my god i can't believe that this is happening where do i where do i find out more about this well one watch the film 
<laughs> that will help. And then two, there's tons of research out there. It won't take you very long if you start doing some Google searches on, you know, hybridization, government, you know, government involvement with UFOs or government involvement with reproduction, you know, hybridization, reproduction experiments uh, with um, how long has this been happening? How many people, you know, the rabbit hole goes deep. The circle expands quite quickly and rapidly and your knowledge will increase exponentially as a result of, you know, learning more. And that's ultimately what we're hoping people will do is open their minds to the possibility that what if this is true and one, and then what do I need to understand in the event that this is proven or told to be true? How how do I prepare for that? What does that mean for me? That's the metaphysical that's an important thing. You know, what if, what if you're a believer and you're wrong? Well, you're out nothing. But if you're a doubter and you're wrong, your world's going to be shook, you know? So why not be ready? At sure. least have an understanding and, and don't put your fingers in your proverbial ears and say, la, 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 like, like David likes to do. Right? I have a big <laughs> set of proverbial ears. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for doing this. We, we really greatly appreciate you. And I hope everyone goes out and, and takes your, your documentaries in because not only are they informative, they're entertaining as well. And that's hard to find. And like he said, when people are like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's filmed well. Well, no crap. We're kind of doing that well, at the point. One exactly. thing I would like to mention, like we'll do a little bit of back, back padding here, because uh, for the people who, who might question the validity of something like this, we, we entered into, uh, I think it was something like 37 film festivals. We got into 40% of them. So we, we earned uh, 15 uh or 40, yeah, around 40% of them. If, if we earned 15 official selections. We won five best documentary film awards wow, in those cool. different yeah. film festivals. And the one that was kind of like a big feather in our cap and was a validation was at the recent UFO, uh, International UFO Congress. We won not only best documentary, but also people's choice. And we oh, wow, won that yeah. against, and we won those two awards against the Bob Lazar story. Wow. Yeah. Well, so and people are embracing this story because it is an emotional story. It well, is you, about you humanity. Said you said something earlier too, when you were talking about Travis Walton. Everyone knows the Travis Walton story. The Bob Lazar documentary. It's the same thing. I don't think that any new ground or or, or huge things were unleashed whereas you're presenting something that's that's absolutely new and enthralling and important and i think that's a, di- a big distinction between the two and there's um, great there's a, there's a need though i think there's a need for the retelling of the travis walton story and the bob lazar story to future generations so the value i i absolutely do too I, I think it's, it's, it is, but yeah, is it earth shattering? Is it breaking new ground? It's, it's in some ways it could be validating. It could be, uh, you know, keeps the conversation burning and, and in the forefront and part of the equation. And those things are all good. Absolutely. And Jeremy did a, a fantastic job of, of telling this story in a, in a entertaining and, uh, and provoking way. So I'm not detracting from him at all. I'm just, you know, like I was saying, it is you're, you're, you're putting something new into the ether and that's, that's important. I think in my humble opinion, and it's the only way we do matters. too. We appreciate that. You think so too. <laughs> well, thank you. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks and guys. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to uh, talk about uh, why I was right with all my questions and how terrible David sounded. That's right. <laughs> 
So huge thanks again to, to John and Jack for sitting down with us and talking. Very informative, very knowledgeable on this topic. And it's a topic that, um, well, and I know that they knew this getting into it. These are hot button things and buzzwords and things like that, that people just generically dismiss. True. I think. And it's a question of, can we take these things for face value? And it's hard to say because, you know, they do their vetting and it's like they said, though, at the end of the day, are people telling the truth or not? Well, that's a hard thing to say yes or no to, Mm -hmm. but you want to take people at their word and, and believe them. And I think a heart of this, and I brought it up a little bit to them. One of the tools used is a thing that I've had long conversations with, with people we've talked about it before. Uh, Chris Cogswell is a big um, denier of its, its value uh, is hypnotic regression. Mm-hmm. And I, that's not bashing him. I just think, you know, it's no, not just him. It's true. And he would say that. <laughs> mainstream scientists, hypnotists, therapists, have said for about the last 40 years they don't like hypnotic regression because it's too easy to lead people down the wrong path. Now, that is something that I think it was, I think it was John, I don't remember for sure, that said during the interview that it is something that it's, if you're doing someone, uh, or someone's doing it with nefarious with a mo- motive, yeah, a motive yeah. you can put or plant or make thing people think that if they're truly hypnotized. Now, looking up, and there was a lot of places that I looked up information on hypnosis it also said that if you do not want to be hypnotized you will not be hypnotized and you can lead the person who's leading you down the path as well Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that that happened i just think those are things that we need to talk about and, and touch on a little bit now one of the reasons that i wanted to have you on for this episode number one was because no one likes john so it was preach nice. john go forth not john from the no 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 oh, uh, so many bots <laughs> for real though uh one of the reasons i wanted to have you on is you've had a little bit of a background with hypno regression do you want to talk about that a little bit i have no i, I don't <laughs> shut up john uh <laughs> I I have had a, a hypnotic regression before. I I went to um, uh, a lady. Now she wasn't a doctor. She was a I guess you would call her a spiritualist, right? You know, she was kind of a, a, a new age practitioner, but practiced hypnotic regression and stuff. So under under that umbrella, it was all about kind of connecting with the ascended masters and seeing if there was something in a past life. That was, you know, causing things in uh, the current life. So can I ask, did you go there? And I don't want to go down the whole rabbit hole of why you went or anything like that. Was it something you go down there, you go to her and you just go, I want to know what's out there. Maybe I was part of or did you say this is specifically happening? Can we touch on that? It was uh, a little of both. So. So she'll just say, let's try to figure out where you came from it in was the ether. Like a, you sit down in the session and, and she's like, what do you want to know or work on? Or like, what Everything. is. Yeah. And I'm like, show me. Everything. Why this human form is so confiding. <laughs> and then she said, oh, no, another one. Um, and it was the end of the scene, uh, end of uh, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Um, so. So. You know, I I hadn't really gone into it thinking like, oh, this is this is something I have a problem with, so I want right. to address. So, you know, I just kind of talked about things. Is that around here that you did it? 
or is it elsewhere? You know, it was a suburb, and I'm trying to. Th- so it was in Chicago. It was, it Chicago was just, land. Yeah, it was. It was in Chicago. Okay, that land. was my question. Okay, um, I think it was one of the northwest suburbs. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she uh, she just kind of asked what uh, I wanted to talk about or, or work on, or if anything was troubling me, or this and that. And then you know, and then I asked like what what kind of stuff do you enjoy? And and so like there was already kind of seeds being planted i feel like mm-hmm. you know in that discussion so then we do the session and it's it's basically a a guided relaxation you, you get very relaxed almost almost to the point of sleep mm-hmm. and then she starts asking just you know visualize in your mind's eye kind of things and and so then it it, it becomes like scenes playing out in your Right. In your head and you're talking about what's going on and she'll ask a question. And then if, you know, if I, I had a problem where I was like over describing things. And so yeah. she's like, let's move on. Bring to, it back. You know. Bring it. Yeah. And then at the end, you know, she like she's she was like slowly coming out of it. But but also like at the at the end of it, she's like, picture your 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 soul she didn't use soul but it was like picture your consciousness or like your being your essence uh going up above earth flying into space and into the like embrace of the ascended masters kind of thing and like know this and that and and, you you know it's kind of a a, Mm -hmm. a predetermined kind of landing and then brought me out of it and yeah it, it was it was like it it got emotional uh for me but like at the end of the day i i can't tell if it was just my imagination or if it was real that's the question that's my question because it I felt think... like a, a guided waking dream you know what yeah I mean? like is it you're really remembering or you're imagining and but is if what yeah but if it's something that you're specifically targeting like you think it happened but then again, it could go either way. It, it, it's a dangerous path to go down that, that most scientists, most medical doctors now say, no, 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 we're not going to well, do, do it. how do you test it? Like, how, how right, do you- exactly. But if the person is not, is just asking, I think if two people, this goes again to the, you know, you have to take people at their face value. If, if you're going to do it, um, <laughs> the example is when we went to the Congress hotel, John and, and Joe and I, and we were going to do the, um, the Ouija board session. Uh-huh. We all said afterwards that we just knew the other people were going to move the thing, but we knew we weren't going to. Uh-huh. Well, we stood there for hours and the thing never moved. Okay. Uh-huh. That was a good thing because then I knew that I could trust those guys too, but we all had the assumption the, uh, you know, if it moves, the other one's going to do it because I knew I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. But then again, if it had moved and we all knew that we wouldn't have done it, who's to say what, where our heads would have been? We've been blaming one another. <laughs> I know that's a little bit of a segue, but I, I'm just saying, like, if you have a uh, a good-hearted person trying to do it, and you have a person that's just trying to unlock, maybe it's great. You know, uh, there's a lot of if ands or buts in there. The other thing to look at is people that do this. I, I went to a, a Mufon. This was years ago. I went to a Mufon speech. I'm not going to say the name of the person. Um, I don't want to do that, but okay. the, 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 the woman who did it, uh, was there. Lisa and I go, it's this big audience, you know, uh, there's probably a hundred plus people there. We go and we're there towards the beginning. We're in the front row. 
very first row. And we're sitting listening. And this is before we were married. This is years before Hysteria 51 was ever a thing. But this has been my life. You know, this stuff forever. Couple breaks. So I, well, I'm just kidding at like, I'm glad that my wife didn't leave me or, or, or we still got married. So I got her to come to this, you know, was finally like, we, we traveled a little bit to go to this. And the thing was hybridization and alien human hybridization and specifically the, the abductions and things like that. And the speaker, what bothered my wife and me was, way that she put things forward the thing that she said was and this is something that was in the 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 documentary was important is a lot of times you are raped and that is a terrible thing you know it's scary and you have these um these these uh reptilians and there's sometimes the thing and this was uh this was something that they specifically talked about in the documentary is they will project onto them something else so you don't want to have sex with a a reptilian, reptilian mm-hmm. but you might want to have sex with um you know like he said uh you know a six foot tall nordic that's handsome well the way this derailed for me is she was like a lot of times they put themselves into someone that you're comfortable with like your father or your uncle mm. so if your child comes to you and says my dad or my uncle raped me Let's hold, let's pump those brakes on calling the cops because you really need to go, was this an alien? And you need to ask that person if they didn't do it. These are some roads you need to go down before you just make assumptions. And I was like, and everyone's like, oh, yes. And they're, they're making notes and, you know, you know, and she's, and she's really sticking to that, that whole uncle fucker thing, you know, as far as, as it's just the aliens and you need to do. And, and Lisa's like, I'm really uncomfortable. And I'm like, me too. And we left front row, walked out and left. And that's just, uh, that is not what happened in this documentary. Right, right. I'm just saying that that is something that I looked at and it, it's, it's an incredible thing they had. And I'm sure they did some really good vetting in this. Yeah. Yeah. And that was not a part of this, but that is something that I've seen in this, this realm. And, um, that was a pill that I did. I made me feel very uncomfortable and, and hard to swallow. And she was the one, she goes, now let's, before we go to down this road, let's have, you should have them do hypnotic regression to see if it really was an alien instead of their uncle. And I think if you go to someone who else, I think it was an alien, not their uncle, they could implant that into them. I think not meaning to. Jeez. You know what I mean? Uh, how how would you have felt? You know, you and your wife sitting there, and they say something like that. I, I mean, uh, it it and and watching the the documentary as well, it it brings up a ton of questions, of course, and the the questions might be skeptical in themselves. I'm just trying to like wrap my head around uh, things, and and some of the some of the things that I was I found myself uh, asking were like. If if these um, presumably interstellar beings uh, traveled across the the galaxy to get here and do this stuff, why are they using human tools like syringes? Uh, why are they beaming in and out of of bedrooms, but but also they can't get past a locked door? Right, and that's something that. Uh that was an interesting one that I thought was interesting. The, the beaming in and out. And then Rob was one of the people that was on there. He talked about how they were literally intruding into his house. Uh-huh. Now, my skeptical brain kicks in. I go, well, why didn't you set up 
security cameras mm-hmm. to catch them because that would be irrefutable evidence. If it's if it's a if multiple, it's, yeah, right. If time. it keeps happening, which he said it was, it was happening so often that he's just like, not tonight, kind of thing, yeah. you know. Um, but that's where my brain goes to with it. I, well, I don't sure. know. I mean, I think it's natural, and I, 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 I think it's healthy to to do that as well, you mm-hmm. know. And it's always, I think, healthy to to question things as as opposed to dismissing them out of hand. Of and course. maybe that they, they they you know they beam you out of there, but then they do it because they have that deal with the government. And it's just in a facility, and that's all that we can afford. <laughs> you know, we can't we can't get those. Uh, you know, those universal credits or whatever they use to, <laughs> to right. buy the that's alien right. uh, vacuum suck machine that they need for whatever, you know. I don't know why. The, the medical there. technology uh, has not progressed as much as. Well, uh, the reason they use it is they don't need it. They're beings of light. They they gave up on this stuff so long of ago. Light, but but they're they're like in two, three, four, fifteen thousand different forms, like physical forms. Well, like, that's what? I mean, beings the world's made ass. up of. <laughs> different cultures my friend and you know that's 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 just part of well it. that's another thing too like that begs the question why are the the alien types that you hear about all always the same right and is that because of the fact that that's all there is is that the, because, or because that's what that's what said? people said mm-hmm. yeah exactly that's, that's already been out there you know we did a we did an episode a long time ago of the alien races and some of them mm-hmm. are pretty crazy but it's funny to me that every one of them has a backstory and everyone knows where they're from and yeah. things like that you yeah. know there's the grays and the nordics and the blue avians and the the, the mantis and the reptilians and of course yeah and the lion people and the the uh Venusians and there I mean it just goes on and on and on sure, and on and on. Sure. And you but know you mainly hear reptilian, Nordic, um Greys, and some and sometimes insectoids. When it comes down to it, they're all little bitches. Well that's that uh, <laughs> beyond, that that's not in question here at all. Yeah. But um and and then like to take it one more step, uh if you'll allow me, Brent, the um it's talking about very real and very uh painful events in people's lives especially these women having miscarriages trauma traumatic very traumatic both physically and emotionally and again i i want to point out i'm not saying <laughs> this is what's happening or not but the question comes up in my mind could there be some kind of projecting that trauma in your, a different way. Your mind puts up these blockers or things like that to help deal with, with it in exactly. one way. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it comes back to, and you, yes, yes. I don't know. I think it comes back to, again, what Alejandro said is even if we don't know that's happening or believe it per se, you know, so many people believe it's happening to them that it should be looked into. If they believe sure. this, it should be looked into and researched until we have an answer. Whether that answer is no, you did make this yeah. up or no, this is happening because whether it's for our good or not, I want to know. I don't, I, let's say tomorrow I'm diagnosed with something terrible. So many people go, let's not tell them. No, I want to know. I don't, I want to be the, you know, so many people like, don't tell Papa that he's got the, the creep. I don't know, whatever, the, yeah, you I, know. Yeah, I had that in high school. <laughs> the creeping crud. Oh, no. Lisa and I just went recently to watch a, a play. I was actually in in college, Kettle Hot Tin Roof, where, you know, he's dying. And, oh, it's just a spastic colon. You know, you're fine. Well, they're not going to tell him that he's dying. Yeah. Big Daddy. No one tells Big Daddy. No, tell him. Tell, yeah. tell me. That's why I look at the government. Like, I know you think you're doing it for the best, but if it is out there, it is crazy, you know, and it is going to 
create pandemonium. Let's get it done and over with. And the problem is every time they come out with something like, and the Tic Tac was real, says the, you know, it's a real unidentified flying object, whatever that means. Sure. The, the majority of the populace goes, meh. That's a thing, you know, they, and they, they mentioned that in the interview, you know, over history, people have, uh, come to the realization no the like the example he gave of galileo and the mm-hmm. heliocentric model like people eventually adopted that and stuff and i i people always say well and again brought up in the interview it's gonna it's gonna completely uh tear people's minds apart mm-hmm. if we say this i don't think it will i think we can handle it and i think there are examples in the history in history of us uh handling did you see big the chief of nasa this week just said we are incredibly close to discovering and coming out and saying that there is life on mars and uh um they they think they're going to find hydrocarbons they're looking for them because they're having all the stuff that says there's life there microbial hmm. So he goes, it's not a, to him, it's not an if, it's a when, and it's very soon. Yeah. And he goes, I think people are going to lose their shit. That's not exactly, that's not a quote, but that's sure. a paraphrase. I don't. I, I don't. No. Well, sure. especially not over microbial life. Right. It's not like they're going to tunnel into it and like, ah, oh, we're down here. <laughs> uh, you know, no. What? But you can no longer say if they find that and they can prove that it wasn't living on, it's not like one of those water bears or something that's just like thrives and everything that they didn't bring it there. We are not alone. That's one of the questions that, that needs to be answered. Are we alone? Well, a lot of people know, but the populace doesn't, you know, a lot of people say they know yes, one way or the other, or no, that, that would, that would be a check mark. I mean, it would be a wonderful and and crazy and great benchmark in science of yeah. course but uh yeah I, I, as far as like almost as big as november 5th shattering. 1955 <laughs> december 5th 1955 <laughs> all right well we could save the clock tower <laughs> save the clock tower hey <laughs> Hey, thumb me a hundred bucks, kid. <laughs> so we could we could go back and forth on this forever. Fruit, it was fruit, <laughs> please. Thank you. It was, uh, dude. I, don't don't open up the Back to the Future door, okay? Please. <laughs> you see right up there. I have my our Back to the Future oh, yeah. with us poster. Jesus. Well, it was fun. It was an interesting documentary, and I think that you guys should actually check it out because um, it's, it is very well made. It's polarizing one way or the other, and it's interesting. I'd really like to hear what you guys think of it, and watch the Stan Romanek one as well. And like you said, if if you have Prime, you can watch that one for free. But this one is worth throwing out a couple bucks to watch because it is definitely worth it. And besides just being worth it, there's another show that's pretty worth listening to. I think oh, the John Go Forth Butt Hour. <laughs> Uh, that Where is it's an hour on nothing but <laughs> butts. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the new promo. <laughs> it's just every time you're on nothing but <laughs> butts. <laughs> So Blurry Photos, tell everyone where they can find Blurry Photos. Blurryphotos.org. Other than in your parents' drawer that you're not supposed to be in. Uh-oh. <laughs> are blurry? Those are sharp AF. Uh, <laughs> Is that Raul the mailman? What the hell? <laughs> oh, Raul. Uh, your butt. So sharp. <laughs> can we cut that feed from Delaware, please? <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Took you all episode. Uh, blurryphotos.org is my website. You can find all the past shows. There's, um, Brent, there's, uh, uh, 300 plus. Would you say there's a plethora of episodes? There's a a, a very much a plethora. Um, Hefe. Uh, plethora. (laughs) Do you know what a plethora is? I am not a smart man. (laughs) 
as winner. <laughs> Sorry. Don't open up any doors for me, okay? We rape the horses and run up on the women. women. <laughs> Higher. Someone has no idea what we're talking about. Like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> That's right. If, if you don't know what we're talking about, God bless you. <laughs> But uh, yeah, figure it out, Lisa. I'm sorry because that is you. <laughs> like, oh no, be my wife. <laughs> blurry photos, eh? yeah. So yeah. you know, blurry underscore photos on Twitter. I don't do much on there. Don't worry about that. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> follow, follow it on uh, Facebook and stuff. Do you got any There's live shows coming up or anything of, like that that you can share or know um, of? There, there's not a uh, any anything live coming up, but I do have something really cool in the works. Um, and if you go over to uh, Blurry Photos, if you search for it on any podcatcher, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm on there. The episode, my next episode, which I believe is number two thirty three, is there's there's an announcement at the end of it that's uh, pretty big, and I'm really excited for. And um, you just. Uh, Check the show out if you uh, if you enjoy real deep dives into stuff. That's what I'm uh, doing these days. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome and real deep dives, real heavy, heavy into the the research and um, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a fun, fantastic show, and your live shows are great too. So, Thanks, man. Uh, I think it's everyone should be checking that out. Again, extraordinary. The seating is the the documentary that we were talking about, but those are our thoughts on it. We want to hear yours. What are your thoughts? Tell us on Hysteria Nation. Go to Facebook. Just search Hysteria Nation. Or you're on Facebook. You can go to Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That's our regular Facebook page. Tweet to us at Hysteria51pod. Follow us on Instagram. We just gave away. I picked at random. I used, uh, It's fun. You can just do random. All I did was picked everyone that, uh, that signed up for our Instagram mm-hmm. and won through whatever it was. I think there was... I forget how many. You just tell Google, pick a random number, one through whatever, and it gives sure. it to you. It picks it. Uh, the woman who won lived in Northern Ireland. Holy cow. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wait, wait, like the, the country, Northern Ireland? Or yeah. Like, yeah. Northern, okay. No, the country. So that's awesome. So she's getting a, a t-shirt just for following us. So oh, that awesome. was awesome. Yeah. And Patreon, patreon.com slash hysteria 51. You can find our regular episodes, extra episodes, weekly radio dramas up all nights. My wife's traveling. Once she's back, we're going to be doing some more. Get back into the swing of coffee with the other hand because um, the travel kind of kills it. Yeah, you know how that works. But she's she'll be back on Monday. She's been gone, so that'll be good. We're getting back into that. And if you want to hear yourself on the show, leave us a voicemail seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven. Again, that's seven seven three six six nine seven two seven seven. If you forget any of this. What do you think our website would be where they could find all this? I would Any guess, guess based on uh based on everything previously mm-hmm. that it would be uh www. Uh-huh. touchbutts.com. <laughs> uh, but there's an ampersand Ooh. and a schwa in there. Dot <laughs> com. schwa. Yeah, it's Delaware Lover 69 <laughs> at aol.com if you want to leave us a voice uh, an email. <laughs> He's lying cuz it's already been taken. If you do want to send us an email, info at hysteria51.com, that can be your email you send to us. You can just tell me how much you like me better than John. And, uh, or, or David, because he's also inferior, I think is the, the one I'm getting in. Tell a friend about the show. Tell a friend about blurry photos. Please and, do. <laughs> yeah, please do. With that said, it's been a fun one this week. I've been Brent. I've been David. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live.
That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand join.